We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 20th day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Pavel. Bruce, we'll start with you today. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah, doing well. Great. How was your weekend? Uh, Pretty good. Uneventful. Um, just kind of prepping for the uh, eventual ripping up the flooring uh, sometime next year, whenever mm -hmm. that'll be. Soon, I hope. Yeah. Don't want to do that during Christmas. I mean, you're not going to find any companies that are going to, that are going to do it this time of year. They're all going to say I, I would be fine with having it ripped up at Christmas because I wouldn't be here. We'd be at the grandparents uh, those days, but nobody's going to do it on Christmas. Uh, we it, It's been what, like a month ago that we put in the, the claim and everything and we've had all the people out uh, doing the, um, uh, you know, measurements and uh, blah, 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 all that. And we were just waiting on. You know, I mean, there was a two week window before everybody goes on vacation for Christmas. And, you know, obviously we didn't hear anything. So I, I figured, yep, next year. And Pavel, how are you today? It's good to see you. Uh, good to see you too, guys. Yeah, next year is right around the corner. Um, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, you know, keeping up my stable routine, praying for myself and others. And um, yeah, I'm about to face finding a Christmas tree, which I'm not going to buy one. I never buy one. I just go find deep in the woods, best you know, pieces of like pine I can see, put it together and it's great, but it's messy and it takes forever. Kids love it. it looks mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I remember when I was a kid, we used to, uh, we used to go out and cut down our own Christmas tree and bring it in. Of course, you know, that would be after we get all the squirrels and everything out of it. You know, you don't want to end up with one of those in your house. That'd be a very bad thing. Wouldn't it, Bruce? That would be, though the cats and the dog would love playing with it. Yes. They um, would. Yeah, for sure. We always did fake trees. Still always do fake trees. We yeah, never mess with the real one. Got yeah. tired of the needles falling needles off. The, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing would die after whatever. You know, you get you got to sit there and put the water in there, and then you got to worry about the cat mm -hmm. or the dog if you've got one drinking yep. and stuff, and then you know, it's just whatever. Yep. So yeah. Anyway, nothing but fake trees. I'm putting mine up tomorrow. Actually, actually, well, I've already got one up here. You guys see it right here. Yeah, it's, this is that one right there that doesn't exist. Yes, <laughs> that one. Um, Very pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. It's uh, it's got a nice little animated star on top of it and everything. Yeah, it's really nice. But uh, anyway, all right. So, um, Pavel, this is your day. This is the uh, the time that uh, you come on and you speak on our platform. What's uh, what's been on your radar over the past week? What would you like to talk about? Big doings over in uh, Belarus today. Uh, Putin hit the ground today. Met with uh, Lukashenko. We can talk about that. We can talk about the Twitter things that are going on. Uh, apparently, Elon Musk has lost the poll, and he said that he will step down. So we could speculate on who the uh, replacement's going to be. Uh, we could talk about new waves of COVID. I mean, all kinds of uh, all kinds of fun stuff, or none of those. So whatever you like. You've got a notebook. I see you're holding a notebook up there. So where would you like to start? Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I came prepared this time. So let's start with Belarus. There's probably people listening to us who've been there. I know there are actually, or people in the, in Belarus that are listening to us. The people in Belarus. This is the this is what I feel like I need to express. 
if Lukashenko is controlling Belarus and people, and either way, if they're faced with basically, you know, war, those are the partisans in World War II. They all died out. Those are the people that just fought Nazis. And, and the Bel- the second, I believe it was the second Belarus front, the woods there, everything is just full of trenches. There's there's war everywhere. Everybody remembers everything. And, and the kids that, see, in Belarus, there's actually family connections. So the stories are passed on real well. And and this, all the old people said the same thing. You know, you guys will see war. Like my grandpa, when I was a kid, he asked me if I've ever seen a German. And I said, you know, I have German friends at school. So he told me, you know, you've never seen a German. And I know what that means now. So, but they're beautiful people that have done nothing but suffering. And they, they're not going to have any choice. And what what's the point? What's the pressure? The bloodbath is going to be unbelievable. If And, and, and Lukashenko is in Putin's pocket 100%. He's got his back. So, you know... There's bread and salt, the traditional, you know, green. Don't tell me that's Lukashenko. Oh, God. Yeah, that's Lukashenko. Minute. That is, that is him. How, how old is he now? Like 70? Uh, he's he's getting up there. But uh, question, yeah, that's him. Good question. No, yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. At heart, this guy was pretty well and pretty good. Be, I don't know, man. He did well. Everyone loved him. I know that. And, and he really did do good. This guy. Oh, yeah. He's still alive, too. Oh, man. That's uh, Chubais, right? Yeah, no, these are no, some no. of the. Uh, well, these are some of the, uh, yeah, the military yeah, guys coming saying. in to, to yeah, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. in okay. the conference. Okay. Yeah, mm, yeah. That's. I mean, that's just none of it is good. It's. It's all every every everything I see pains me. I would put it that way. Putin saying. I mean, I don't even have to hear it. I don't hear what he's saying. I can tell you, he's saying, well, you, you pretty much. Oh, you guys wanted it. Here we are. This is where you are now. Lukashenko's uh, 68 or 69, by the way. Basically, Putin is saying that um, Belarus is not only our good neighbor for whom with we work well together, but we need to uh, forge a new alliance with, you know, military cooperation, science, diplomacy, and we need to work out new trade agreements uh, with uh, with each other. And Pavel, you're laughing. That's the typical speech, though, is what you hear when you get two of these uh, two of these leaders of this type together, though. Well, it's so like it, it, it's like it's looks. I mean, it feel, I feel like uh, you guys take it like it looks so formal, but really it's like it was a given forever. They're just basically sitting there laughing, saying like, well, you know, this is a fact now we have definitely, definitely working together and, and better than ever. And come get us. I don't know, man. It's it's just I don't understand I don't understand how other people don't see what they're messing with. And and aside from politicians, it's kids that are going to be fighting these these people. If, if this happens, it's going to be like whoever, American kids fighting these these guys. And it's it's not, there's nothing good about that from any perspective. I heard that, and this was just speculation over the weekend, I heard that they're looking, at least as in like they, when I say they, I'm talking about the Russians, they're looking to create a, uh, a buffer zone in Ukraine, if you will. Uh, do you think that there's any uh, any truth to that? Do you think there's a, it, it's that, that's a logical step that they want to take or, or something like that? They, they want to create a buffer. But then again, I mean, if you do that, then you also have other countries that you have to worry about in Eastern Europe as well, most notably in Ukraine. I mean, that's where the conflict is. But I, I'm hearing from certain people that have and, and talked to people on the ground over there, much like yourself, and they say that that's what the ideal circumstance is, is what they want to do is, is in like the Russians, they want to create that buffer zone and to where there's basically it's like a no man's land. Correct. You, you know, you already advance fortifying the back of the new retreat and then you start working on logistics and politics and for a long-term war yes you know world war ii lasted five years cold war you know lasted forever i mean who how many wars america has been steadily in the war every what, what was it 20 years like 
since beginning of America, America has been in worth every at war every 20 years. I think that's a fact. In my lifetime, yes. Uh, it's always been uh, in a perpetual yeah. state of war. I mean, so it, we really had a is, small... it is the most warring country. Excuse me. Yeah. No, no, you're you're fine. We, we had a small uh, drawback there in the 90s. But I mean, I guess you could throw in the uh, the conflicts that we had uh, under the Clintons when uh, when Clinton bombed the Serbs, uh, which was absurd because they were our allies against uh, Nazi Germany in the Second World War. So there was that whole conflict between the between Kosovo and and, and Serbia back then, and we took the side of the uh, uh, of Kosovo and not Serbia. Uh, and then on top of that, we had the the first Gulf War. Then we had the second Gulf War, but that didn't come under uh, until uh, George Bush. But that happened after nine eleven. So we had a small reprieve in there. At, at about the same time, there was that conflict that you mentioned between Russia and Chechnya at that time mm. uh, in Eastern mm -hmm. Europe. So the whole thing. Well, no, was, no, no, no. You, during 9-11, wasn't it Georgia? No, yes, but I was speaking before that. I was yeah. actually speaking back in the 90s. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't you. mean to I jump see ahead. What you're yes. Yes. So oh, my bad. Yeah. During during the Clinton years, not only did we have that uh, that incident going on between Kosovo and Serbia, but you uh, Russia and um, uh, Chechnya had their conflict going on as well. And so the whole the whole region was in turmoil. It, it was horrible. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what happens when no matter for what reason, war just takes over, you know. So the, the Chechen war, OK, I don't want to talk about that subject because I only want to stick to saying things that are nice about people that I haven't met. I had bad experience at the time I was growing up in Russia, you know, during those wars. But I what I can admit to is I've grown to respect them very much as very tough, you know, good soldiers. So that was incredibly bloody. And and on the other side, I mean, what was the point of that war? Who who was in the way? No one knows. What about um Gaddafi? When Gaddafi got taken out? Gaddafi, obviously, that that came. Well, actually, that was about ten years ago, I think. Now, uh, but Gaddafi, the whole incident with Libya, that was simply about him being in the way. It was the same thing well, with Hoss because he wanted one currency. He wanted to use gold. He wanted to unite Africa on the different currency away from a dollar. So he got popped off right away. That's, yes. that's the truth. He was so close to signing it. Yes. And a lot of people speculate that that's what happened to Saddam Hussein. He was our ally, actually. He was put in there by the CIA. And not that he was nice, but no, 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 not not that he was a nice guy. Right. That's, that's not well, praising but, him. But what happened to him was a, a stab in the back or an okie doke, if you want to be rude. That's what it was. I I he mean, wanted to sell his. Guy. He wanted to sell his uh, again. The same concept as as Gaddafi. He wanted to sell his product, i.e., oil, in euros. He didn't want to sell it in dollars. So um, let me see. You got two of those guys, okay, and then you've got uh, Hosni Mubarak, which was the Egyptian prime minister, again, our ally, but what's in Egypt, right? Not a lot of oil, but they have what? They have one of the world's largest shipping channels yeah. called the Suez Canal. Ooh, that's what it is. That's gotcha. what it is. And that is key to China's Belt and Road Initiative. Now, if you've got a guy who's in Northern Africa who is trying to use his natural resources to build that continent up, not the country, the continent. And then you've got the largest, one of the largest shipping channels in the world that are also on that continent. And then you have one of the largest oil exporters in the Middle East, excluding Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. 
huh, you've got these three guys in particular, okay, just these three guys. And I'll ask this as an open-ended question to either one of you. Either one of you can answer this or both of you can. Do you believe that any of these three guys would have stood for this uh, one world government, great reset, digital world garbage that's coming out of Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum? I don't think so. One word answer, no. So these guys had to go and they had to be able to do it in a way that they could sell it to us. Now, in the meantime, what do you have? I'm going to go down the road of geopolitics here for just a second. Now, what do you have? Now you've got China, okay? China comes in to Saudi Arabia last week. Xi went over there and did the whole handshake and everything. He got the whole state-honored welcome and all the rest of it, right? Xi goes over there, sits down with MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, and talks Turkey. Biden goes over there, gets a fist bump with a mask on his face, and then gets back on Air Force One a few hours later and leaves like a buffoon. That leaves the door open for Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party to come in there. Now, is that going to work? Hmm, let me think. No, that's not going to work. Their little deals aren't going to work. Let me explain. When the Chinese established their Communist Party rule within China, they adopted the old Soviet system, as in all of their little tiny little politburos all over the place. You've got the little councils and everything running everything, right? They also adopted oh, yeah. the tactics of doing things in countries. So what happens when China goes into a country? What's going to happen when China goes into Saudi Arabia? They're going to do a deal on oil, right? Xi says, well, we need to get rid of the dollar. We got to get rid of that. That's got to go. The petrodollar has to go. We need to do the, the oil deals in Yuan, which is in the Chinese currency. Well, here's the thing. When we did our oil deal with the Saudis, the whole premise of the petrodollar was we're going to ensure the protection of your ships and the exports to the world backed up by our money insured by the military might of the United States of America. Right. That's what it was all about. So what's going to happen now? Now, apparently, that's being called old fashioned outdated by Xi and company. So that's got to go. Okay. So they're going to come in and they're going to provide a stable currency, right? Wrong. They're not going to do that. What do the Chinese do? They manipulate their currency. They're masters at it. They've been doing it for decades. Their currency has been overvalued for God knows how long. And they manipulate it in order to suit whatever agenda they need to pull off back at home. So it's not stable in any way at all. They just printed another trillion yuan to save the banking industry and the housing market, whatever's left of it in China, and to save one of their semiconductor factories. Just that alone. So you don't have a stable currency. Are you going to be able to ensure military protection by the Chinese? I don't think so. This is what they do. They're going to go in there because this is the history of what the Chinese Communist Party will do. They'll go in and they will fund a... um, a proxy group inside Saudi Arabia, and they'll attempt to overthrow Mohammed bin Salman and company and all of the the royal family in there. That's what they will do. And they will take those resources for themselves. At least that's what they'll attempt to do. But you see what the United States has been doing. We've been doing arms deals with the Saudis for a long time now, many decades now. That was also part of the deal because they were fighting proxy groups trying to overthrow them from other countries. Most notably, Iran, the Houthi-backed rebels out of Iran. So is China going to be able to ensure all of these things? The answer is no, they're not. All of that is going to end in a very big disaster. And as Bruce and I were talking about it privately last week, it kind of seems like it was almost set up that way on purpose. So 
I'm not really concerned about this deal that Xi is as and the CCP are doing with Saudi Arabia. I think the Saudis are going to realize that that's a bad deal and they're going to come back on board with the West one way or the other because we're able to actually ensure security. As corrupt as we've become and as decadent as we've become, we can at least ensure financial security and military security, whereas China cannot. Absolutely. And can I speak on China for a minute? By all means, you're right. This is, this is some points I've been saying or in my mind. First of all, communism, you know, besides being a bad idea, it works differently on different nature, I'd say, cultures, right? So so Russian culture is very more individualistic and, and kind of, ah, what's the word? Well, not good sometimes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of funny drunkenness. It's Basically, it's more of a rebellious culture, more, more of a wild world. Hand now, Chinese, oh, God. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, yes. we saw that video last no, week. Uh, well, I don't, oh, the video, okay, fine. So, <laughs> um, but the Chinese, from what I've seen, I mean, they they lo- they make amazing drones. I've seen a living brick factory. You know what I mean? They're like ants. I've heard insane stories of Chinese engineers and a team of ten thousand workers would build um, like ten miles of ro- uh, railroad and a whole station in like twenty four hours. There's one guy putting wires in. The other guy's already painting the other side of the wall. So they're I think people under, uh, underestimate Chinese a little bit. The, their tactic to rebuild all the highways, that you know, one thing, that, you know, the Silk Road, that's one thing. Um, taking over the Yellow Sea, little island by island, island by island, they really needed Yellow Sea. That was another big thing that they, you know, pretty much accomplished or going to. Um, that channel is a key to, to the Middle East. You're right. I don't think China is going to go for it. It's too far a reach. I think China has so much land it basically almost faked it till it made it. It's It's been faking it, but it's so close that basically Chinese do this. They're like a turtle. They'll fake it till everybody dies dies off. Basically, you know, it gets, they're patient. They're patient drones. They're okay. Um, it's, I, that's just how I feel about Chinese soul or people. Uh, anyhow, the way they, you, you talked about the market and how they, you know, manipulate the market when they say about their market. Basically, there's like a military council on market. Like they plan all this. They try to do everything possible to influence everybody else's everything. Chinese are so resourceful because they're they're poor, even though they kind of seem like they're not. So yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But if anything, they're not stupid and they play play the longest game. They they're patient. The deal we were talking about before with um, China, I don't think it'll go through uh, officially. I think they're too smart to see what's going on. You know, they're, they're too business oriented. They see what's going on in the rest of the world with the, the Belt and Road Initiative that you're talking about. They can't. They won't. I mean, it makes no sense to go along with it. Well, I'm sorry. Hey, what Bruce just I'm sorry to, to what you're saying. They don't mind cutting off their arms. Do you know what I mean? Like about what yeah. you're saying, if, if they extend, they have no problem. You know, forget about that. So. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm not saying the Chinese are too smart for that. Because the the Chinese, I think, are they're looking to be as much of a disruptor and cause as much chaos as possible because it you know it benefits them in the long run. Uh, so I I think they are offering the deal legitimately, but I don't think it's I don't think it's going to go through. It makes no sense to go down that road. But then again, we're in a, a post fact era, so maybe I I don't know is basically what I'm getting at with the times that the way they've been lately, oh, I, I could okay. be completely wrong. Okay, so imagine this, right? What if the whole time 
the Saudis have been stocking up resources to one day just be like, hey, we're perfectly allied with China and send them like a billion trillions. So in the week, China, you know, becomes like the world's biggest, mightiest army. I mean, that would be crazy, but I mean, obviously it wouldn't happen, but man. The the thing, the amount of pre-planning and buildup they would have to do before all of this, the Saudis would have to be sitting there like building up gas and oil and gold and any other kind of asset that they can have and then go to the Chinese and be like, hey, we're going to get off the petrodollar and we're going to go with whatever, gold, or we're going to go with, you know, they can't go with the yuan because as you said, they, they play with that so much. It's an unstable currency. So Saudis don't uh, unless that. they they don't. Yeah, they don't that. like they want, that. That's they what I'm saying, too. They're, they're business minded. Yeah. Yeah. The Saudis are. The, I don't think the, Chi- the Chinese, the, at least the CCP, they're 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 power in control. That's why I said they, yeah. they are they are more apt to go in and, and start funding proxy groups and proxy armies to overthrow the Saudi government and the Saudi royal family and to just take whatever the country has in resources. They're more likely to do that. And of course, if if in Saudi that turns into another proxy group, which you know it, it would, it would turn into another proxy army with the West and, and all the rest of it, that would essentially be what you've got in Ukraine, but it would be in Saudi. And so you've got one side backing the other, backing the other, and so on and so forth. That's what it would become. Uh, and then of course, the uh, to the victor go the spoils, right? So it's like an engineer, engineered calamity until there's, there's just still at the end going to be just one Currency, yeah. one time. And this is There's still going to be someone on top. Correct. And there was a book that was actually written uh, not too very long ago. Um, at least, well, actually, I'll tell you what, I'll get you the actual date on here in just a second. It was written in 97. And this book is called, it's a great book, by the way. This is called The Grand Chessboard by Sabrina Brzezinski. In this book, his concept of what it meant to control the world was quite simply to control the Eurasian landmass. And so if you could control the Eurasian landmass, which is what the Chinese are attempting to do in their Belt and Road Initiative, then you can control the world because that's where the resources are, excluding Africa and South America, of course. To this point, this is also this other concept comes out of Brzezinski as well. Uh, And this is something that they tried to do and at least start the ball rolling under the Obama administration, which was to run right up to Russia's doorstep and encircle them with our missile systems, our tactical missile systems all throughout Eastern Europe. And so what do you do if you if you do something like this? What does that accomplish? You isolate Russia. If you're Brzezinski, right? I'm not saying that this is what we should do. I'm saying this is what Brzezinski was doing. You isolate Russia. You isolate China, which we're doing that now through economic means, are we not? We're isolating both of these countries. So what does that do? That drives them together. And then you take Saudi Arabia out of the equation. Where does that put China in terms of oil? China has no oil natively. They have to import it. All of their oil is imported. If China cannot get oil from the Middle Eastern countries, what does that leave them as an option? The oil fields in eastern Siberia, that's all they have. So if you turn these two countries against each other, if you isolate them, you drive them together, and then you create friction and you turn them against each other, that's what the goal is that they're trying to accomplish, at least in my opinion. I'm just coming to that conclusion based on what Brzezinski wrote about, because that's exactly what someone like him would have done. This is really, really scary to me. Because World War II, I, I read this somewhere, Christianity was not globally spread prior to World War II until like the last, what was it, three Christian biggest rulers, like the last of the Ottoman Empire, you know, like the point being is the biggest war was just 
like three, four people getting together and saying that we will do this. It's, it's, it's insane because even this, I think just comes down to one, two, three people shaking hands and, and, and they're not enemies. The whole point, like there's, there's a level that's above war where there's no downside to, to war for those people and, and nothing but upside for them. I think it goes down to just insanely tiny, tiny amount of people with this immense power to, inf- to just send it down send the order down and, and spread it. I think the, the, the real rulers never left, I think. And I, it's it seems like the deeper I look, the more it seems like there's somebody above just rulers of the world, you know. It doesn't make sense enough that there's an, there's got to be another reason for it. It's consistent. It's so consistent, the cycle of giant wars and everything else. And none of them make sense. Well, I, I agree with you that there's so, something so, behind it. He, no, it, it makes it makes some sense, it, depending on how you're looking at it, from what aspect you're looking at it from. So let's look at it from the terms of um, groups of people that we talk about around here. We talk about the central banking cartel, right? You can't have a war without somebody financing both sides of that war, can you? If you've got these people that have been trying to remain relevant for the last 100 years, as you say, at least in, in terms of modern history, this is the same problem that we face every single time. Anytime we're faced with economic calamity, as you say, it always goes the same way. And the reason it always goes the same way is because it's all done behind the scenes by the same people. This is a multi-generational process. I mean, these people, they, they have children or they have people that they bring up within these institutions. They're indoctrinated within these institutions to carry on that agenda. And we're a century, at least from a central banking standpoint, we're a century into this. It's time for this stuff to end. Yeah. And and I'm so glad that it's so. So this is how I look at it. At some point, humanity in the future will achieve really unbelievable medical technologies. Okay. So if the control of money didn't fall prior to that, the bad guys would essentially control the future forever. But acceleration of the fall of this fake money is what is 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 the gap, the 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 breath of air that we have, you know, maybe to to make sure that the real legacy goes or stays in right hands. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying let it burn, but I'm saying let us see as in the truth always comes out with time. Time grinds down all of it, especially people. It doesn't matter. It's I I <laughs> I listened to this amazing thing the other day. It's it's on psychology of the trickster, basically the identity of not the devil, but like one of the um archetypes of personality. I think Fred Free talked about it. I'm um, anyhow. So those who do evil things do not see themselves themselves as evil it's what they see is they see basically just reflection of all the other people in themselves you don't it's so weird because when when a lot of these times the people that are committing the the worst things they don't think they're evil themselves a human mind is capable of anything it's programmed to do look into feral children that's my favorite thing that really opened up my mind what happens to a kid that just was raised by animals you know well, if, if you don't get find them until, you know, by nine, maybe by nine, 10, you can never, they'll always be an animal. They really will. They can never speak. They, they, they cannot not be an animal. We are so malleable and so adaptive that if you can take a person and if, and from a baby, you convince him, you know, of something crazy, 
it's unbelievable what results you can get if you if you really work with a child for the first nine years. And the gap of understanding what real training is versus like, you know, what is what they may or what people perceive, you know, what, what the education and training is, the gap is so immense because you don't unfortunately grow some things um later in life that you can grow quick enough in, in those years. Perhaps I'm wrong. Maybe there are ways. I don't know. Everybody can. I just think everybody can always get better and it's up to them and it's possible, which is optimistic. And I'm always going to be optimistic. But however, for the sake of the children and their children's early years are the next hundred years for everybody else. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like it, the generation of kids now, if you get them right, the next hundred years will be good and, and it might spread. But unfortunately, we lack education globally, especially in the United States, Africa. I mean, the worst thing that a society or a civilization can do is dump its resources and basically everything but education. Because educated if 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 you are trained and educated to points since a child it doesn't hurt you don't know anything different and you don't need all this crap basically you're happy in the forest hence education is really key to everything self-sustainability um like <laughs> if you if everyone's trained that nobody cares no one you know what i mean they don't you don't really need anything so you can do literally almost everything in reality a plethora of everything wars things cart anything as long as it takes people away from the most crucial time in a, in a human's life, you know, the first six, seven, nine years, you can make people be unbelievably smart if, if you train them. You know, there's human calculators in Japan. There's schools, there's schools of, of, of calculated kids still in Japan. Amazing, amazing abilities. Point being is, the dumber we are, the better it is. And the higher the tech that's available to us, the quicker they're trying to dumb us down because smart people with good tech is not good. It's a race to kill off. It's like a parasite that got us and now it it's basically taking over the brain and like killing off every other neuron that's still firing. Wants the body and wants to live in it and not do anything. We can talk about zombie. They're trying to zombie the whole world. Well, I tell you what. With that, let's. Um, that's that's a good segue to make. With that, let's let's roll into uh, let's roll into the tech uh, world. Let's roll into uh, what's going on over at Twitter. Uh, we can talk about Musk here in a minute, but um, or actually, uh, maybe we can lead with that. He put out a poll yesterday saying that he would abide by the results of the poll if it came out that. Um, it didn't even go in his favor, or maybe it did. I don't know. People are speculating. So he put out a poll asking if he should step down as the head of Twitter. Okay, well, 17 million people, at least what I saw this morning, 17 million people voted. And uh, I think it was like 56% of them voted, or maybe it was more than that. I'm not sure, voted for him to yeah. step down. So yeah, it's it's like 57 to 46 right okay. now, I think. I just looked at it a little while ago, yeah. Okay. At the moment, it looks like that at least at the moment, it looks like if that's the case, then if he is a man of his word, then he will step down. He also put out an interesting tweet yesterday. He said that Elvis is in the building. Well, whenever you say something like that, or you say, you know, Elvis has left the building or something like that, or just, you know, it's an expression uh, in America where a very famous person is in the building. Okay. So if he steps down, who's he going to appoint? Speculation? Anybody? I don't know if that's about that, like his I don't either. The next person. I, I'm just asking. I think I'm just well, asking because well, it seems I, like he's a couple amazing, steps yeah. ahead. 
Right. So here's it's okay. So then my question is, how big is the building, and and how weird is the Elvis? You know what I mean? He might be talking about some pretty high up Elvises, and with his connections and 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 the size of his building with all the rockets in them. So either way, guy seems like he did a freaking pretty awesome thing. Probably the awesomest things I've seen in my life. If if kind of, but I mean, I I think that's awesome what he did. And you know what? It, the real question is, does he care? Does he care if he stay or go? If he doesn't care, that well, he should leave because he obviously doesn't want to do it. And if he cares, he'll make up his own mind. It's all of it now is just he's toying with children. I don't know who's really on Twitter. Like it's important, a communicative device, but there's a lot of there's a lot of, you know, young people on Twitter and they all need entertainment. I don't know. He's funny. There's businesses on Twitter as well. Um, a lot of networking and stuff that goes along with business. but. I don't think he really does care whether or not he has to step down and not because uh, in, in any kind of negative or nefarious thing. It doesn't matter who he puts in. The government is not or the government, the, the uh, Twitter, the company is now uh, private. So it doesn't matter who he puts in as CEO. It's it's still going to be a puppet. The CEO is going to do whatever he wants. So it's just a face position, really. I mean, they're they're doing the you know, the, the, the big decisions, if you will. But at this point, because he's the one that owns it, because it's private, uh, he, he basically tells the CEO, I want this to happen, and that's going to happen. Uh, so it, this vote was, it, it meant nothing, really. It's just, who's the next okay. face of Twitter? What What if he brings back Jack Dorsey? What if he does? I mean, it, it, it doesn't really mat matter. It, he, no, I'm Jack just talking Dorsey's to the media. I, I'm just talking about the media, is all. Just to cause a media storm, is all. Um, I, so in that sense, I, yeah, do it. Because it, it, look at it from the business side of things. Dorsey already knows the inner workings of Twitter already. He's already shown that he's a good puppet. So why not? I mean, you as, as uh, Elon Musk, why not? And then the, the rest of Twitter. I mean, you guys seem to be fine with Jack Dorsey being there. The, the thing that I would hesitate on, though, is Congress will then be like, oh, we have to investigate uh, Dorsey and how much he knew about what was going on. And did he really perjure himself? And then they'll take an interest in looking into Twitter and, and that all of that. So maybe maybe he does do that anyway to, to trigger more controversy. He's taken up. Basically, Musk has the position that Trump had uh, during his presidency. Basically, he's the instigator right now. He's the instigator in chief, if you will, right now. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it uh, personally. It's like, uh, well, I just tweeted actually to Musk not too long ago. I said, you've been a trickster long enough, pass the torch with honors. We need the next funny guy and this to keep happening and happening because the only emotion that can like what it kills fire is laughter. So we don't want to get angry and none of us want to break the law or hurt anyone. So through satire, we can vent negativity. So. I hope it gets worse and funnier and I hope it starts raining frogs and then and then freaking leftists start freaking out. I don't know, man. To be fair, I actually am fine with him being on Twitter still. Me too. I, sure. I'm good with it. Uh, I think so, he'll still be a voice. I, I think he'll still be a voice on Twitter regardless. Like I said, I, I think he's still going to be running things at Twitter. It's just going to be a different face. It's going to be the same stuff. Just different face, just a different different skin is all it's going to be. Same and, same puppeteer. 
I wanted to apologize. You're right. There's business on Twitter. I, I, I've been on it for like two weeks. I'm still a newbie. So yeah, I shouldn't really talk about Twitter's um, accounts. Sorry. So do you, no, you're good. Do, do you do you think it, it, I have a clip here of Jack Dorsey lying three times in 30 seconds to Congress directly? So this would be the reason, I guess, as to why they would uh, put the microscope on if they were to bring him back. Listen to this. Mr. Dorsey, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, I want to read a few quotes about Twitter's practices, and I just want you to tell me if they're true or not. Uh, social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people and they ought to stop it. Uh, are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. Bad. Is that true? No. You see, it's not true. It's not. It's not true. I mean, well, where's the proof? We're seeing that now. In oh, the okay. We're seeing that now. Right. So it wasn't, latest, it wasn't true then. It well, yes, was true then, but it was is Twitter censoring people? Now, now let's that's actually, you know what? That's a good question. That that is a good question. That's an interesting way you put that, Pavel. Let's explore that for just a second. Was Dorsey telling the truth or was he not? Because what we're seeing now by what he just answered, right? Let's put that into context. Was he telling the truth? It's entirely possible that he was. When he was asked, is Twitter censoring people? No. Is Twitter censoring conservatives? No. Is Twitter censoring people of a, of a you know, particular ideology? No. Okay. Well, looking at it on the surface, at least from a couple of weeks ago, you could say that he lied on all three of those questions, right? If you look at what we're seeing now, it's not Twitter that's doing the censoring, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. It's Twitter doing the legwork. They're the ones that are actually doing the censoring, but they're being pushed yes, into it. Exactly. But I would I would caveat one thing and say it's possible that Dorsey was not privy to any of this. That is he could true. have been kept out of the loop. So he true. could have been answering truthfully. Well, no, to yes. his knowledge. And to your point, we actually saw the communiques between Yoel Roth and the FBI saying we need to get Jack on board with this in the meeting. So you're right. You're right. It is entirely possible that he might not have been privy to any of that. But at the same time, Dorsey's also said publicly last week that he didn't fight hard enough when the FBI and the government people came in and it just sprouted and went that way with it. But let's talk about teleporter for a second. What is teleporter? I got a little bit more clarification on that this week. So that is the portal that they had to not only communicate privately with each other, so DMing in between them, but there was also something else that that platform did. As my understanding, this is exactly how it worked. So when someone would tweet something, no matter who it was, if they tweeted with certain key phrases or words, it would get fed into an algorithm, it would go through teleporter, it would be flagged immediately, and it would be flagged on the end of the FBI. The FBI would then converse with the people at Twitter and say, you need to look at this. You need to look at all of these accounts. You need to look at uh, this tweet, that tweet, so on and so forth. And Yoel Roth and the rest of them that they were communicating with said, we're on it. We've got it. Whatever you say. Can I, can, okay. So <laughs> they're not social, they're not media companies, not social media company. They're censorship companies like Facebook. It's not a, you know, connection sharing information company. It's a data data mining operation, right? Like Tesla, 
is doing the same thing with their cars. A lot of the companies, the whole point of it is like, hey, this is an ice cream stand, but really it's like, I don't know, a, a dentist's office that, you know, you eat ice cream. And you, who, who knows? But it's insane. So looking at um, the number six dump, uh, Twitter file dump, we were seeing, um, for example, uh, the, the government, the FBI, uh, this uh, specialist Chen or whatever the guy's name was. I, I forget his first name. Elvis. Um, Elvis, of Elvis, course. That's right. You know, yeah, Elvis is in the building, Why Bruce. Elvis is in the building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's who he's going to put in as CEO. <laughs> and that maybe that's maybe that's who was in the building at the time was. It could have been. Yeah. Elvis Chen. Uh, but. Anyway, um, or is it Chan? Anyway, whatever. Chan, yeah. Because um, we were looking uh, at, we were making the comparison of like a 4chan board. Yeah. So we were seeing dumps in, in uh, or files in that dump that it was like, why were you banning uh, no name, no follower uh, accounts? Like they, some of these accounts were satire. There was no connection at all to them uh, or, or uh, you know, no followings, no major followings, no... Uh, they weren't adding anybody big. So like the, the, the way, the, the way the rest of us have access to Twitter, right? So if you want to go on and you want to find those, uh, basically, uh, small game, uh, Twitter posters, if you want to find those, you have to skim through thousands of other tweets with higher, uh, viewers than you, than what you're looking for. So this 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 whole teleporter thing, uh, getting uh, you know the algorithm picking out these uh, tweets based on um, you know words that they used as an example, and then they go through and and say, okay, yeah, this one is one that we want banned. That is the only way they would have found those. It, supposedly, they only had eighty employees looking at this. Okay, to look at the entirety of Twitter. To, go, to sift through the entirety of it. There's no way you can sift through thousands of tweets a minute, even with 80 people. So okay. I'm convinced personally that this teleporter thing, that that um, what's been revealed, that it's it was probably also a means to filter, if you will, uh, what what the FBI seen. So if it had like Trump or election fraud or, you know, those kind of terms in there, they were seeing it. That's the only way they would have found those nobody, no, no offense to those people, nobody accounts, you know, the small accounts, small follower accounts. That's the only way they would have found them, even with an 80 employees, even if they had a few hundred employees, I still think it would have taken ages for them to find those accounts. And when you looked at the list of some of the banned accounts that they wanted, they were small accounts. They were, they were satire accounts. They were, you know, comedy stuff. And they, they, some of them only had like 200 to 800, uh, followers. So why would you go after such a small group and circle when you had bigger fish to fry? This is really just caught me off guard. So this is something or what I realized. So if there's a small person on Twitter who just seems to post a couple of things that are completely irrelevant and they get banned, right? Well, what if it's not the tweet, it's the person? What if there's another system, a database, a giant database that, um, I don't know, has something on everyone? So I believe to get banned, to get banned on Facebook or any of those social media, or um, I'm just going to call them censorship companies, any of those censorship companies, I believe you can get banned on them without breaking the rules 
or flagged, I would say, as soon as your name hits something. I think you get flagged at the name hidden part way before the way before the twits. Twits, whatever you want to call them. Like, oh, they'll grab your... The, see, the algorithm you're talking about, those were awesome and super fast a while ago. These ones, man, they're so fast now. The computers, you know, the, they're so fast. The amount of data that can be processed all at once and the databases they accumulated on people over the years... I would be a fool if they didn't combine all that and come up with something kind of universal that just, you know, if they want to know who you are or if, or if, or if they already do, it'll, you'll, you'll pop right away. I think all these companies are tools of something bigger. If Twitter wasn't there, there would be another way to uh, censor people. Um, it's, it's a really great technique by opening up a river and letting everybody use it. You can tax it or control it. You gain power by providing free service very easily if the power has infinite value in it as in you know an opportunity does so going back to education it's hard to trick people that are aware of there might be that, that that there might be tricks one of the most important things is a kid needs to learn visually i digress a little bit but the point being is so many things are not what they seem on such a tricky level that it's it's a giant almost non-human machine that's kind of becoming apparent and it's being used by people who grow, you know, geometrically more powerful with it. How quickly they can finally do something is unbelievable now. And the intelligence and the, yeah, there's no safety for anyone if from actual actual top guys that really isn't. I think everybody's listed. Let's take a look back and see how we actually ended up with the FBI in the first place, shall we? I think that's a pretty good place to start. I mean, obviously, this is the problem that we have behind the curtain, so to speak. So let's take a look back as to how we actually ended up with him in the first place. This is Congressman at the time. He's no longer there. He's retired. This is Congressman Ron Paul explaining how we ended up with the FBI in the first place, why it was actually created. And then we'll go to him. This is back in in 19, um, I believe it's 1987 is when he said this. And then we will jump to him just the other day, explaining why we need to get rid of it. They didn't have those institutions. The FBI came in uh, during the First World War. And interestingly enough, the one thing that Woodrow Wilson did, he used the FBI to spy on American citizens and actually arrest them if they disagreed with his foreign policy about going to war in Europe. And isn't it interesting how recent they used it in the Vietnam era? Democrats used it there. Republicans used the FBI to spy on a hundred different groups in this country, including the churches who disagree with the policy in uh, Central America. It almost looks like the FBI was designed to spy on Americans who might be disagreeing uh, with policy, especially the foreign policy. So the FBI, although I don't think I could condemn everything they've ever done, because I'm sure uh, some of the investigations and investigation of crime uh, has been beneficial, but that could be accomplished through Justice Department within our states. We wouldn't reject that uh, portion of it. But I think the, the FBI has uh, kept and continues to keep a lot of records. Boy, we haven't they really should, progressed too far from that, have we? There should be no no secret police, no three-letter agencies, no separation between the the power to to judge and the people. Have local police from the community that's well-trained. Should there be something that's federal? Yeah, but for a different purpose. I mean, the government is there to govern people, to control them because we're giving them power and trust in to follow their rule. 
government does not do any action outside of self-sustainability, promotion, and, and, and further manipulation, aka control. The purpose and all actions of the government is to maintain power. And we know that, but we don't get it. Like they really do. And it's dirty and they, and they will never stop. And oh, on top of them, there's somebody else. And when you separate, it's a very simple thing. You take one person, you put them in a uniform and you tell a stranger, Hey, watch out for the dudes, you know, in black shirts. They're, uh, I don't know, shoot laser beams out of their eyes. Just being dressed uniform, like, you know, everybody's the same. It gives you, it's a symbology. It sounds symbolic. We're not even supposed to wear clothes. You know, we, we haven't been monkeys for long enough. <laughs> um, none of this is real. I am a, in a man-made, perfectly geometrical structure. I see nothing that's real around me. No, no, not, no God creations of the scene, no reality. I see walls everywhere. I have a small window that faces a, br a brick wall. Can't wait to go for a walk. We are living literally in a human human manufactured boxes, hiding away of, from anything and everything that is there to look at and do. And instead, we choose to choose to sit in a wooden box and stare at a two-dimensional piece of glass with all kinds of crap. It's like, the, it's not de-evolution. It's just, it's almost, if you are that stupid, like you deserve it. You know what I mean? I don't want to say that and I never will, but that's, that's the first step to cynicism that eventually makes you okay with, you know, manipulating, hurting people. They just don't get what's going on. And, and that's once you cross that line, you, you become a politician. No, that's right. That's right. Um, and I've always said that I can't go into politics because I'm not a sociopath. <laughs> I just, I can't do it. Um, but should we keep the FBI? That's the question at the end of the day. Should we keep it? Bruce, you think we should keep the FBI? No, you're nodding your head. No? No, no. Uh, I think what the FBI should be reduced down to is uh, nothing more than a database that law enforcement can use to share uh, warrants uh, with other states. That's that's that. the gist of what it should be. We already have, and yeah, and, and we we've talked about that off uh, off air, and that that you've said that you've said that we we already have that system. So my question is, why do we have the FBI? What recent investigation has the FBI done that has been uh, monumental that uh, local law enforcement couldn't have done? Um, let's see. Uh, you had the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping. I don't think law local law enforcement could have done that. that um, you had January 6th. <laughs> I, I don't FBI. think the <laughs> local law enforcement could do that either. Um, what about that pipe bomber? Yeah, I don't think local law enforcement Mr. would have done that. Rosenberry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ray we Epps. didn't hear anything more about that. Yeah. Ray Epps. Uh, what about, hey, you know, you, you guys remember the, uh, you remember the Las Vegas, uh, you remember that shooter that was in Vegas? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Have we heard anything else about that? Have we nope. heard any, any more why his motive, what his motives were, who is he affiliated with? No, we ain't heard nope. none of that. The FBI just kind of sealed it up and swept it under the rug. So yeah, um, <laughs> that organization can go. Um, there's, there's no benefit that it, 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 all the, by the way, if you're new, uh, to the, to, to listening to us, um, all those, uh, that I just listed that the FBI was involved in, they were all false flag operations that the FBI did. The only one barring, uh, the Las Vegas one, because we don't actually know that one could have legitimately been like, um, it could have been a literal terrorist scenario. And it could have been someone affiliated with one of one of the allies that we have that we, we don't want the American people to know about, like 9-11 and the Saudis. We didn't want that to come out. No, no. Um, can't talk about that. No. Yeah. So there's a possibility that they, he was affiliated with somebody that 
we don't want the the public to know about it's also possible that he was a, a fed i think i think i think we should dedicate an entire episode to this but i think there's a solution that makes sense that's practical achievable and fairly fast to literally like fix all this and it lies in my opinion in long term and pretty much in real time, the most powerful people in the world who really can do anything or create, you know, literally on a global scale at any second, it's high-end professional hackers, teams of high-end professional hackers. If you have organized teams of high-end professional hackers policing things or are used as a, look, this company, we don't know what the hell is going on. Who knows? I mean, is is that something that could be done? No. And the reason Not I say no. no. Yeah. The reason I, yeah, that, that's the other thing is really the reason I say, yeah, the, the reason I say that can't be done is because when you have high end organized professional computer geniuses like that, they get recruited by these people and they go and work for them because they get paid bigger paychecks. Yeah. Well, right. The, that's why it's a, you know, it's an idea. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the problem with it as well is um, you can't, the government cannot go in and look at that kind of information uh, without a warrant. Unless they can acquire a warrant, any information that you have, any data, any file, anything, they they have to get a warrant to see any of that. That That's technically what the Constitution says. Now, we've been skirting that for a while and have been saying, oh, well, you're publicly putting it out there so we can go and get it. Uh, it's still data. It's still files. You still need a warrant, in my opinion, publicly available or not. That's what I meant. Like hacker police, like actually like, you know, vetted people. If if it's a dream, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's the only thing I see. If they, there's this guy, there's the only thing that would solve all this if, if someone could control telecommunications. Somebody trusted could somehow monitor telecommunications and the only, okay, so then AI. We need what mm. benevolent no. AI. To, I would so what? no. I would I would say we need nothing. Um, yep. And 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 the reason I say nothing is is when you put someone into that position, you may have put the most um, beneficent. They are the best for that position, and they will do good with that position. What about the next guy? What about what about the sociopath that we were just talking about that's looking for power and and manipulates the system and gets into that position or or the the people over him are are not as uh, goodwilled as this individual is. So uh, the more power you give someone, uh, as the phrase goes, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So th th this is what it boils down to. You, 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 you have to, you have to err uh, on the side of limited restricted government versus more, uh, you know, government. Can it, can the power be in something that's not even like a human entity? Like, can we, in humans can like, we have a binary relationship with like, I don't know, nature where we focus our need for control. I, I mean, it, it seems like there's always one thing, somebody that grabs the power and everybody, you know, the other entity that follows. We need to get rid of the whole concept completely is what I guess what I'm trying to say. We need like self-governance and self-sustainability because we have the tech for it. Wait, like you, you mean America? Well, I mean, like all over the world. With, well, America, sure, too. We, we, I mean, the I idea think the, of America. Oh, yeah. The idea, of, I'm talking about things that are, you know, kind of, these are just dreams. I, I'm looking for a solution that's not there yet. There, there are solutions, but they're impossible in that reality. So this is, um, as the founder said, this is the, this, this system is imperfect, but it's the best one that we have and the best one we could come up with. 
And the the basically what this does, uh, if you give all the power to the people, you're not going to have one king or one president or one uh, you know FBI director that's going to get into power and controlling all of us. The problem is, is we we for the last like 150 years have been slowly giving over our authority over to the government, and now it's the government of specialists who's running everything, and we're running into this problem. It needs to get back to the we the people. We the people are the ones that need to be running everything, and we need to be uh, telling our politicians and our our. Uh, uh, quote unquote leaders to uh, no, you, you're an employee. Get back in line. Uh, you do as we say, not the other way around. And until people do that, it, it's not going to change. We're going to continue having departments like the FBI, and, and it's going to advance to um, you know something that's far worse than the FBI uh, if we don't do anything. Let's get to. Uh, I got two pieces of audio here that we're going to end on. All right. So this is the first one. This is. Ron Paul's explanation, current day, as to what needs to happen with the FBI. <clears throat> I want to talk a minute about uh, the whole principle of the, the First Amendment and corporations, because <clears throat> a lot of a lot of people still are confused that they're private and therefore they can do these things. Uh, but <clears throat> Jonathan Turley is very good in pointing out, and we have pointed this out as well, is there's a big difference between being a private company or a private organization and you voice an opinion uh, compared to getting all your orders from the government. And I think what we've demonstrated here today is that's the real crime here. They've been getting orders uh, from the uh, government and threats and innuendos, economic benefits, economic pain and suffering. So that is absolutely, totally different. And I think what has happened is along the way, uh, it, it, it took many, many decades, especially since uh, the 30s, that the, um, the, the principle of private property ownership has become blurred. Most people People realize that there's a so-called separation of church and state, that if you have a church uh, and you're teaching a certain religion, that nobody has a right to walk into your church and say, I want equal time, get away, I got to give my speech. Everybody knows that's that's wrong. I, I just don't consider those concepts that complicated. That's why on the bottom line, I, I, I work very hard at being optimistic because it's a horrible mess that we've allowed ourselves to get into, whether it's the, the, the national debt, the ruination of our monetary system, a foreign policy that has uh, made us commit to maintaining an empire around the world. I mean, uh, and what they've done to the medical system, uh, how could that be easily solved? It can be. Understanding the principles of personal liberties, having a very, very limited government, and one of my suggestions has been that if you get a little bit annoyed what the FBI was doing to us, uh, maybe, uh, you know, my suggestion is why don't we just get rid of the FBI and see what happens then? I don't think we will be less safe. I'll tell you, I don't think that for a minute. Bruce, it almost sounds like he was listening to you or you were listening to him or something. And you hadn't heard that clip until I just played it. Yeah, I, I hadn't. Um, but that's kind of the general like that's it's the basic idea of of what conservatism is, that, that that's what it's always been. Yeah. Limited government, restricted government. That's what we need to get back to. And interesting um, in there, he, he was pointing out the um, we haven't really talked about it as much when corporations are silencing people. 
and being told to do so by the government. If you notice the emails, that's all legal. If you were to sue the, the federal government uh, for their censoring of people, you would lose. And the reason I say you would lose is the way it was worded. Everything in there was a suggestion based upon their policies, they being the social media's policies. Uh, so technically, what they were doing was technically legal. Um, but we don't know. Here, here's the bottom line. If, if the government was trying to coerce uh, these companies in do, into doing something, you would, you would have to see some kind of coercion, right? There was it never got to that point. The government simply said, hey, uh, we think these these posts are in violation of your policies. And, um, you know, whether you take action or not, that's at your discretion. That's how they did. That's how it was worded. Um, it, it's almost kind of like, you know, the mafia saying, hey, that's a nice house you got there. It, it, it's basically what was going on. There was no actual coercion that went on in, in, in speech, but it was implied. It's a nice house you got there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. I yeah. just, just, I don't even think about any of those social media companies. I just see government on the left, people on the right in a straight line. It doesn't matter what's the tool that the government uses to censor us, um, how it does, you know, the, the thing is the same. There's no difference. There's government and on the other side is people. Everything that's in between, whatever it is that censors us is illegal unconstitutional unconstitutional i think right that's it there's no there should not be influence of government on decision of companies like my you know i've gotten a lot of advice in my day a lot of those advices i took as oh that's cool some of them i was like yeah this is not a choice it sounds like a choice but it's not and we all know what you know we all know we all had times like that so what so how how arrogantly douchey can you act to people like I mean using words to hide obvious just just wording to hide obvious meaning is childish everyone sees it and it's just insulting we all know what's going on it's just most of us are too busy with our lives too much on our plate already to worry about anything else do we care we of course we care but dog needs to be walked car needs to be gassed and it keeps going and going and going we're all starting to care I, I would like to end on this piece of audio. This is a very powerful piece of audio. I saw this today uh, and it's it's very fitting. And I, I've been trying to figure out how I could work it in this week. And, and just so happens the way that this conversation is going, it, it works in perfectly. And I, I think, I think, Pavel, you would you would relate to this, what I'm about to play. And the reason I say that is because we've been talking about local government and what we can do at the local level. You're talking about how they change words because they think that you're stupid and people don't see them for who they are and what they're doing. This gentleman I'm going to play, I, I don't know his name. The only thing I can surmise is that he's an immigrant from Cuba and he fled communism to the United States. And he's sitting in his local council meeting addressing these scumbags up there on the panel. They're selling the people Marxism and communism that killed his family in front of him. And he's talking to them, calling them out for who they are and how despicable they are for deceiving people. I want to know what is behind it. Do you know what is behind it? The problem that we have in this country with this Marxism. Marxism is not coming. Marxism is here. Marxism has been in this country for quite a while. 
and the politicians allow that because they are ignorant or they are part of the plot. Don't sell me this. A very powerful man tried to sell me this 50-something years ago. I didn't buy it. They put this dog and pony show saying, hey, we're going to protect you. No, what they did it was enslave a country. They destroyed the country in the same way that this country is going to be destroyed if we continue in this time. You can, you can tell me anything you want. I am a free man. I become from a free people, from a free country, from a free, from a free family. I get to this country due to liberty, to freedom. This country opened its arm when I need it. When my, my life was in jeopardy. For the only reason that they refused to accept communism. That they refused to accept subjugation. Come on. Tell me I'm wrong. I've been there when you probably start learning how to, to walk. I was there. I was when I saw the assassinations. The people who were killed for free free. And you're telling this to the people here and the government of this state come here and see that say no. We need registration. No my friend. No my friend. You don't sell this to me. You sell this to the people who do not have self-respect, self-determination, and they are weak, and they love to be subjugated and be dependent on the government. You don't sell that to me, sir. You don't sell this bill to the free men and women of this country. This is a treason. This is an assault to the dream of the, of the fathers. They didn't die for this. I can be here for years talking about what happened, what you people think to this. You don't know anything. You don't know what freedom is. You don't know when a man is taken in the firing squad and take the blood out of their veins because they want to be free. Ask the, the Hungarians, the Czechoslovakians, the Polish people, the Chinese, the Russians, the Cubans. This is what you're selling. Subjugation. What are your thoughts, Bobo? I just want to end with this, or if we're ending, I just realized that the most hated, this is new, this is what the product of what they really wanted, the most banned and hated words that you should not use in English, that the word swear words now are weak and stupid. You know the reaction you get from people if you call somebody stupid or, or say that they're weak? It's it's explosive. Those are the most banned words in America. I swear. You can you can be talking to a soccer mom, smoking a cigarette, and swearing like a sailor. But as soon as you say that some kid is stupid or, or someone is weak, which you you know, not that I walk around saying it, but the concept is the stupidity is what's taken over because it's purposely 
being available and it's the easier path and and obviously easier path is easier well yeah to to your point uh call uh call call someone slow to learn uh for those of you that aren't aware what slow to learn is that call somebody a retard and watch how they go apoplectic because of that um that's that's an uh, offensive word now yeah oh, I, I told a little story about that word a few podcasts ago that's okay the gentleman is is telling these people these buffoons these idiots these morons that are sitting up there on that city council board and they're probably just sitting there behind some piece of ridiculous plexiglass with a mask on their face, not listening to a word that that gentleman is saying. I think television taught generations of people how to act, how to act smart versus teaching. I think television is, is a parasitic thing that not only takes you your your attention away, but as a soul reflection, you you watch people act basically all day. It doesn't matter who you are, that will reflect on you. You will be more of an actor. You you act smart when you're dumb. You get really good at it. You know all the words, you know all the right phrases, you watch all the shows. There's nothing inside, but it talks. You've seen the show. It it watches the te- television, it has no soul, no mind anymore, but it knows how to act act smart. I, I think that's a, a symptom to a, a, a greater problem. And the reason I, I, I say that is uh, look at the game of poker. The idea behind the game of poker is to bluff, right? To act like you have something or don't have something that you do or don't have. So it, it, it it's all a game of um, manipulation, really. I, I think this has been a problem for a long time. People bluff about things that they uh, have or know, uh, and it, it it's uh, that's just that's always been there. It's part of the human condition. Um, they, they do it for various reasons, if you were to uh, look into it psychologically. Um, but before we stray too far from it, uh, I, I just want to I want to point out one thing. Uh, let's say you're not on social media, which uh, I'm not. Uh, but let's say you're not on social media. Let's say you're not involved and you're thinking, well, I don't really care what happens on social media. It doesn't affect me. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Hold your horses. You need to be aware of what's going on there in that world, because if they continue the censorship there, don't think for a moment that it won't filter out into other areas of life. This is just the beta testing ground. Um, So you should be aware and concerned about what goes on on social media, because it'll be in your daily life here very soon. Um, I, I think I've pointed out before I think it was, let's see, who was it? It was T-Mobile, I think it was, during COVID. If you were sending text messages that told you to take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin or uh, recommended you take your vitamins and those kind of things and not to get the jab, that text message would actually fail to send. And the reason it would fail to send is they were blocking it. They were going through and censoring your text messages. So, yeah. I would be concerned about what's going on in the social media world, because if they're, they, the, the government, is allowed to continue with this, it will expand and it will be in your everyday life. You'll have your television or your, you know, your coffee table or whatever, and I'm referencing stuff from old, will have a microphone in it and the government will be listening in and it'll be some AI that's flagging the words you say. And we already have the microphone that travels around with us at all times. You have a smart TV, you have a uh, smartphone, you have any smart device, uh, you know, Google Nest, 
you have one of these uh, the main large company tech companies uh, artificial intelligence box. I won't say their names because you know, I don't want to trigger them for those of you listening on speakers. Those are all listening devices that are that are that hear the words you speak. And if you don't think so, go into your Amazon account, for example, and um, I forget exactly where it's out. I believe it might be under privacy stuff, but you can look at what your device has caught, what audio it's caught while listening for its activation word. And um, you'll find that there's a lot more there than um, simply the device's name or anything that sounds like it. I'd like to, you have an excellent point, man. I want, I just want to comment on it a little bit and ground it real quick. What's really scary to me, and it's scary because people don't know this. Well, anyhow, the web is really small. The web is there to, it, it, it started as a good idea, but what people call the internet, it's, it's really the World Wide web and that's tiny. Okay. It's growing, but it's, it's small. The internet, it's gigantic. And the internet is, is what everybody, but well, if you're using Google, you're not using the internet. That thing never stopped growing. So the, 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 the telecommunication abilities, the real internet for outside of Google, you know, I'm not even talking about dark web. Well, I mean, kind of, but, but, the, but the, the point is this, it became to a point where all of the web is becoming just one thing, which is computer controlled assessment and suppression kind. I mean, it does it, 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 the whole Google thing, the, the whole index bot, all of it, it's the way AI learns from, you know, all of our responses and, and that, and that, the, it, it, the, the internet, what you think it is, it became a Google playground. There is dark web, all that stuff. Sure. You can scout it out, but all the private crazy tech that companies have between them. Internet is just a bunch of, it used to be a bunch of cables. Then it's signals, then it's this and this and got better and better and better. Users, we get the crappy stuff because it's probably, you know, the cheapest to be, it's cost effective. You know, it's definitely by far not the fastest, the latest. Bell Atlantic is where it all started, is is when the control of, it, I, I believe Bell Atlantic started first cables that laid internet. Well, I mean, yeah, they laid cables under the, they were the, they laid cables under the ocean. So yeah, so. I am so tech, I guess, scared. Of, oh, I don't know. I just really feel that communication controls the world and who controls communication and controls money controls the world. So you take money to control the people and you control communications to control what they say and you're good. So those are probably the two people that are getting together and saying, hey, let's have a war. It's well said, sir. Uh, we are going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid. We are going to have to go. Pavel, I want to thank you for being here today. And I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. And we will be seeing you back uh, sometime, I believe. Bruce, we're, after this week, we're, we're done for the year, right? Or are we going to yeah. decided that? We're, we're pretty much done till the first week of January? I, I think, yeah, to, uh, probably the second is what I'm guessing. Uh, okay. January 2nd, that would be Monday. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, Pavel, we will see you back here in about uh, 10 days, 10, 11 days. You take care and you have a wonderful, happy and healthy Christmas. And I hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday, sir. God bless you guys. And, and the same back to you and to all the listeners. I'll, I'll always keep everyone, even if I don't know you in my heart. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see you next year. <laughs> For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. Do you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening. Bye.